What's up, Orchard Hills? Welcome again to our service today. Welcome to everyone in the room and those who are watching online as well. Uh, we're really glad you're here. How about that video? Pretty cool, huh? Yeah, praise God. Y'all, the reason, the reason that we say over and over, thanks for being a part of what God is doing through Orchard Hills Church is because we want to emphasize every single week, and we hope that video emphasizes as well, that this ultimately is not any one person's ministry. Um, it's not even the ministry of the people who make up this church. It is first and foremost Jesus's ministry. He said, I will build my church. And so we want to remind you week after week that when we come together, as we live our lives out in all our different spaces throughout the week, we are partnering with what he is already doing. Um, God the Father is remaking the world through Jesus Christ the Son, and we get to be a part of it. And that is really humbling. And we are just really grateful uh, about all the ways that God has moved and worked in our church in the past year. There's some pretty crazy numbers up there of how we've added a, about 100 people on average a Sunday. And um, yeah, celebrating 20 years of God's faithfulness to this place. So there's much to celebrate and give thanks for. So thanks for, for joining in with us and being a part of that together. Well, um, with all of that in mind and thinking about this past year and what God has done, it got me thinking this week. Um, in light of what God has done, what is our response? And what should our response be? Uh, and what I kept hearing, what was coming to mind was this verse from uh, John chapter 14, uh, verse 15, where Jesus is giving his final words to his disciples before he goes to the cross. Um, and he said this, nine simple words, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I think that verse sums up so well what our response should be. If we want to demonstrate our thanks to God for all that he's doing in our lives and in our community, then we do what he says. It's, it's that simple. If we want God and others to see the joy and the gratitude and the trust that we have in God, then we don't merely talk about it or sing about it, which we've already done today, and we should do those things, but we have to, to be about it, to live out our love and thanks to God. In Romans, Paul says, offer your bodies, your whole self, as a living sacrifice to God. Um, so that process of giving yourself to God and becoming more like Jesus, a, a kind of person who looks like him, that process is called discipleship. And so we're going to talk just a little bit today about discipleship and then ask you to participate um, in a way a little bit later. So if you've been around here for any amount of time, um, then you've heard us talk about discipleship or being a disciple. Um, this is something that is at the heart of so much of what we do here. Uh, we've got disciple on the wall out there because we want to constantly be putting that in front of our eyes. We want that to be our constant and consistent goal, making disciples of Jesus. Um, if you haven't been around church much, that word might sound kind of weird or old-fashioned, but uh, it is a biblical concept, and so we don't want to lose it, and we think that it's really important. So essentially, um, here's a definition for you. Essentially, discipleship is the process of becoming more like Jesus, the process of becoming more like Jesus. So after we're saved, and we're not saved by anything that we do, any work that, that we accomplish, but we're saved by the grace of God, and when he makes us new 
from the inside out. In John 3, Jesus says it's like being born again. When that happens, then all of a sudden, you have begun this process of being remade into the person that you were originally intended to be, free from sin in Christ. You are, are being reconstructed. You are uh, being sanctified is the theological term, and, and we're using the term discipleship uh, for that process of becoming more like Jesus. Um, and so it's the process of being a disciple. But maybe you're asking, well, okay, what is disciple? Well, uh, the word is, is pretty simple. It just means student. Um, other words you could use are learner or apprentice is a good one or follower. Uh, someone who is learning from someone a new way of life a new way of living. Um, and so around here, we like to use uh, the catchy phrase, a disciple is someone who lives, loves, and leads like Jesus. Um, and if you've been around here for any amount of time, then you're probably tired of us saying that. Um, I was looking back, it's been about five years now that we've been saying that over and over. Um, and so for some of us, maybe those words, you know, are kind of getting routine or they're going in one ear and out the other. Um, and so today, I'd like to look at a little bit about what we mean when we say live, love, and lead like Jesus. Um, and so really similar to last week, we're going to get pretty practical today. Um, and I'm just going to go through each of those words and emphasize what, what does that look like? Um, and how does that point us to, uh, to Jesus and this process of discipleship? So let me pray, and then uh, we'll run through those things real quick. So Lord Jesus... Thank you. Thank you for all that you have done in this past year of 2023. Lord, it truly is. Um, it's humbling. It's exciting. Um, it moves us to worship you and to say all glory to you, king of our lives, head of the church, the one that we love and adore. Uh, and, and the one that we are longing for our lives to be uh, shaped in the image of. So, Lord, I pray that, that for all of us, that our, um, our following you would not be mere words or talk, but that we would show our love for you through our actions, through doing what you say. And so as we move through this time, we pray that you convict us by your Holy Spirit, that you'd speak to us and show us how you're wanting to keep making us new. We give you this time, Lord Jesus, in your name. Amen. All right. <clears throat> so, three things. Live, love, and lead. First one's this. A disciple lives, like Jesus, and here's the practical stuff, by serving, giving, and being in community. So those are, are three measurable ways we can kind of say, all right, am, am I living like Jesus? So we see this in John chapter 8, 31 through 32. There it says, Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, if you abide or make your home or remain or live in my word, you are truly my disciples. And you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So Jesus says that we are, we, we know we're really his disciples if we're living in his word, if we're abiding in his word. This means, first of all, that we have to know it. And we have to be in it. We have to open it up and read it and understand it. Um, and we talked about that a good bit last week, that the word of God is daily bread for a disciple. Um, but what I want to emphasize is that even more than reading it and knowing it, we have to, to live it. 
to put it into action, to show Jesus our love by doing what he says when we find it in his word. Um, And so there's all kinds of ways we could kind of measure what that looks like, but three easy and practical ones um, are serving, giving, and living in community. And so think about your life as as I ask these questions. Um, Are you serving those around you? Whether it be uh, on one of our serve teams here at the church, whether it be in the community with a different nonprofit or ministry, uh, whether it be the people who are in your life every day, your neighbors or your coworkers or your friends or the people who live in your household, are you serving like Jesus? Um, the next is, are you giving? Are you giving away your resources? Um, a helpful way to think about resources, what we have to give or to offer, uh, is time, treasures, and talents. Time, treasures, and talents. Um, those are, are what you have to offer, limited resources that God has entrusted to you, and you can either be using those for your own selfish gain and to build your own little kingdom, or you can be using those to help others and to glorify God and to build his kingdom here on earth. And then finally, are you living in community? Are you isolated and alone, just cut off from others, not seeking friendship, not seeking uh, growing in vulnerability or in trust? with other believers? Um, Or instead, are you being vulnerable and regularly connecting with people around the word uh, and around your faith in Jesus? Are you living in close proximity to others Um, like Jesus? Are you living in community? So these are all ways that Jesus tells us in his word to be his disciples. Uh, And this is part of what we mean when we say live like Jesus. So, Here's the second thing. A disciple loves like Jesus by having an active and deepening relationship with God and his people. We see this in John chapter 13. Jesus says this to his disciples. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this will all people know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. So here, Jesus is using really strong language to say that one of the most significant proofs that we're disciples, that we're followers of Jesus, is our love for one another. The the care we show each other, the way we encourage one another and cry with one another and laugh with one another, Uh, the way that we support one another and and love each other deeply from our hearts shows whether we're really disciples of Jesus or not. Um, And so this means, yes, people here in our church, because this is our local body of believers that we're committed to, but it's also anyone that we come in contact with, any believers we meet uh, out in our regular lives. We're all part of one church, one family. Um, And it means loving people who are far from Jesus that we want to see come close to him. Um, the way that we love and care for one another should cause the world to stop and go, whoa, these people really believe what they're talking about. They really look out for one another. They really care for one another. They have something different. And Jesus says, that's how people are gonna know that you're my disciple. So that is part of what we mean when we say love like Jesus. 
And the third thing is this, a disciple leads like Jesus by sharing Jesus with those around them. We see this in Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. This is what uh, is referred to commonly as the Great Commission. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe or to obey or to keep all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So here, Jesus is giving us his uh, mission for us, his people, uh, his final charge before he ascends uh, to heaven to be seated at the right hand of the Father. Um, After he's been raised from the dead, he says, go and make disciples. And so making disciples is what we mean when we say lead like Jesus. Um, That we would be people who don't just focus on ourselves, who don't just keep our faith to ourselves, who have a personal faith, but who do not have a private faith that doesn't affect the world around them or that they don't talk about or live out in their lives. Um, If we love Jesus, then we will follow him by leading others uh, to see how good and great and how glorious he is. And so when we do this with people who are already Christians, then that's discipleship. We're helping them become better disciples when we're leading them. Um, And when we're leading people who are not yet Christians, then that too is discipleship. We're hoping that they become disciples and followers of Jesus so that they see his goodness and the beauty of who he is. Either way, whether sharing, um, whether leading people who already know Jesus or do not know him yet, as we share what God has done in our life and as we show people what it looks like to follow Jesus, that is making disciples. Sharing the story of Jesus, showing it with our lives, that's what we mean when we say lead like Jesus. So because discipleship is at the heartbeat of our church, we would like to take a few minutes uh, together today to do something, uh, a survey actually, um, that will help us see where we're at uh, in terms of discipleship. Um, And the reason we're doing this is because we measure what matters. We measure what matters. Think about this. What do we measure? We measure our finances, our portfolios. We measure our favorite sports team's stats. We measure our kid's height. We measure our weight. Um, We measure our reps at the gym. We measure our social media likes and followers and friends. Um, me being the nerd that I am, uh, I like to measure how many books I read every year because that matters to me. Um, I also like to measure my Wordle score every day. There's probably not a whole lot of you out there still playing Wordle. Uh, my wife reminds me of that pretty constantly, but you know, I'm here, I'm standing strong. Uh, John Spees and I weekly compete to see who can get the fastest time on the New York Times mini crossword. And we measure that because it matters. Um, It matters that John, unfortunately, is the better crossword player. Um, (laughs) But the point is that we measure what we care about. And so because discipleship so deeply matters to us here at Orchard Hills, it's what we're always going to be about, becoming more like Jesus. 
um, we want to see how we're doing with that. And so we'd like to invite you, if you're willing, um, to, to take a survey that will kind of show us where our church is at. This is something we've done the past two January, so we're compiling a little bit of data that's kind of showing us some trends, um, and we would love for you to help us out with that today. So if you'll pull out your phones, if you have them, that would be step one. If you don't have your phone with you, then you were listening last week. Uh, thanks for that. I realize it's a little ironic what I'm asking you to do. Um, but, and I, I'm also going to show you, oh, look at that, guys. We've got some new technology here. So the way that you get to this survey, um, you can go to orchardhillschurch.org, and it'll be on the front page, or you can scan the QR code that's in uh, the seat in front of you, and it'll take you right to this page, which is our kind of welcome splash page. Um, and then you can click on the discipleship survey, and it'll be right there. Uh, this is for everyone who's in person, but also whoever is online, it'll be in the chat box, I think, um, on our online interface. Um, it's easiest to do on your phone, but if you don't have a phone, um, that's great, and we've got some paper copies. So raise your hand up if you need a paper copy. Uh, Mark and Sammy will be to you momentarily. There's a couple, yeah, don't, don't be afraid. Um, so the first thing when you click on this uh, survey you'll see at the top and on the paper ones that it says Christ Together. So what's that? Christ Together is a national organization um, that we have partnered with for a long time, uh, and they believe that churches in cities can work together, can work across denominational lines in order to see every man, woman, and child have an opportunity to see, hear, and respond to the gospel. Um, they're the ones where that language is coming from. And so we love their resources. They've been so helpful um, to us as a ministry partner. And they put together this survey uh, and have graciously allowed us to use it. Um, so a couple things to know about this survey. Um, first of all, it's anonymous. So we're not going to ask for your name. Um, there's a couple questions in there um, that you might not feel comfortable answering. That's okay if you don't want to answer them. But I just want to encourage you um, we won't know that it's you. So be as honest as you can. Answer as many questions as you can. Uh, there's a question about money in there, how much you're giving. Again, we won't know what your answer is um, or that it's your answer. Um, there is a question about how many people have you led to Jesus this year. Uh, for a lot of us, that answer might be zero, and that's okay. Um, we want to be honest about these things so that we know where we need to grow and where we need the Lord's help. So it is an anonymous survey. Um, and then also there's a question there about small groups. So all different churches have all kinds of small groups. Uh, for us here, you know, we've got uh, life groups, which are bigger mixed gender groups. We've got small groups, which are smaller same gender groups. We've got Bible studies. So if you're doing any of those groups regularly, uh, you can answer accordingly on that question. But this is the survey, um, and you can see what it looks like. It's pretty simple, pretty straightforward. Should take about six minutes. Um, I'm a male. I am white. I oh yeah, with this old one, don't use the slider. That's kind of hard, um, but you can just type it in. That's a little easier. Um, but yeah, so we'd like to invite you to do this with us. We're going to go ahead and start. Um, it's like I said, it takes about six minutes. Um, we'll allow a couple extra, um, but go ahead and get going. And thanks for helping us out. We hope that it's it's profitable. Yeah, if uh, you didn't get a chance or just weren't feeling it or whatever there might be, um, we'll leave this survey open through tomorrow. We'll send a link out. Um, and uh, yeah, we hope, hope that you'll get a chance to do that. I think more than um, even just giving us some, some data to go by, 
uh, it's also challenging just to walk through it and to think, man, where, where am I at in my discipleship? Uh, what's happening in my life? And um, yeah, I think often we measure so many things that, that feel like they really matter um, when really they, they don't and they're just passing away um, and they're going so quickly. Uh, but this, this is eternal stuff. Your uh, apprenticeship to Jesus, your discipleship to Jesus um, is what living this life is all about. Uh, it's the journey he's invited each of us on. And so we want to be intentional about it um, and, and honor him as we go through this process. So thanks so much for doing that. Uh, if you have paper ones, there's a spot right out there. There's a basket. Uh, as you leave, you can just drop it there. And um, yeah, if you have any questions, let me know. Um, I want to close just with this verse. Um, so this is the couple more verses after the verse I started with in John 14, uh, verse 15. It says this. So verse 15 says, this is Jesus speaking. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. And so, friends, I want you to know that, that no amount uh, of, of the things that you put on this survey, no amount of uh, doing spiritual practices or uh, these things that I've talked about, they are so important, but they cannot transform you from the inside out. They cannot make you a new person. Only the Holy Spirit can do that. And all of these things that we've talked about, they are fruit that comes from a person who's been made new from the inside. But they're also things that you can kind of fake for a little while. You know, you can pretend like, oh yeah, I'm doing fine with these things. But we want you to know, and we want to make clear that what matters is a changed heart. Out of a changed heart flow things like the things in that survey and things that I was talking about. Um, but only the Holy Spirit can make you new from the inside. Um, and so I, I pray that uh, you have him living within you through uh, having met Jesus and turned from your own way and turned to him um, and trusted him uh, only for your salvation. Uh, but if you haven't, then we'd invite you to. Um, living for him and with him is the only thing that is worth, uh, that is worth it. Um, and he is completely worth it. So um, we are going to spend a little time praying together. Um, we'll have a song and the prayer ministers will be up here if there's anything that you need to pray about. Um, but it's the Holy Spirit that's going to keep this church. It's the Holy Spirit who's going to keep transforming us uh, and keep growing us in Jesus. So let's pray and ask him to keep doing that. Well, Father, we thank you that you would be so kind and generous as to um, invite us back into relationship with you. Even though we rebelled and ran from you, you have not given up on us. And so I thank you that you uh, have called us by name. You've said, come to me, find the life you were made for. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you made it possible through your body and blood shed on the cross. You made a way for us back to the Father, back to the life we were made for. Um, 
Lord Jesus, we give you glory. And Holy Spirit, you are the one who applies all that Jesus has done to our hearts, the one who, who causes us to be born again and who causes good fruit to flow out of our lives, fruit that lasts and fruit that makes an eternal difference. And so, Holy Spirit, would you please continue your work among us? Lord, we ask that you not uh, leave us, that you not forsake us, that you do as was promised, that you remain with us forever, helping us, advocating for us, strengthening us in all the areas where we are so weak and where we need your power. Oh, Lord, we want to be a church that is not dependent on human strength, but that it is dependent on the strength of the Holy Spirit. So, Lord, continue uh, revival in this place and in our community. Continue uh, to lead us forward on solid ground. You are the one we are living for, and we want every area of our life to display that love as we follow you in obedience. We give you ourselves. In Jesus' name, amen.